My birth certificate says Jennifer, and I have absolutely no idea who that person is. Pretty much everyone called me Jenny B from the get-go, and when I was in grade six, I started writing it as J-E-N-I, and it just stuck. There are a few special people who call me Jen, and I only ever heard Jennifer when I was in trouble from my mom, and that continued to happen well into my adult life, actually. I have a vanity license plate with my name on it. It was a birthday present from my mom when I turned 17 and I got my first car. I took it off my car when I first had kids because, hello, I was mature, and what self-respecting woman is driving around with her name on her car? And then my kids found it in the trunk, and they couldn't believe their eyes, and they begged me to put it back on, and now I'm even more mature in age anyway, and my car kind of wouldn't be the same without it. I've been called Jenny from the block, a lot actually, weirdly, and Jenny Beeswax, that's a fun one, and of course people love to sing 8675309 when they see me, and that one I'm totally okay with. I was named after the actress Jennifer Jones. She won a bunch of Oscars and Golden Globes, and I believe the motivation came from my parents watching Love is a Many Splendored Thing. Jennifer Jones was actually born Phyllis Lee Isley, but changed her name once she started acting and being in showbiz, which is funny to me because in the year I was born, Jennifer was the most popular girl's name, and I thought it was so boring and such a cop-out on my parents' part to not be more original. I'm Jenny B, and this is it, actually. This is it, actually. Take a sip and grab a seat. My two oldest brothers are mostly, if not totally, responsible for all the nicknames in our family. My dad was Chief, Mom was Martha, my sister was Shirley, my brother Cato, and I was Shortcake. In fact, the brothers who doled out the nicknames were the only two who didn't actually have one until much later in life when all three of my brothers started calling each other Bill or Billy. Don't ask, it's a long and, if I remember correctly, kind of an inappropriate story. My dad called everybody brother, like everybody. His friends, his town council boys, the guys he played hockey with, his customers, local business owners, perfect strangers. I didn't realize back then just how absolutely endearing it was. He really thought of everybody in that way. Everyone was welcome in our store, and everybody was a somebody. My dad was raised with the name Edward Maximilian Bazell. He was born in Hamilton, Ontario, but his parents emigrated from Poland. Well, that's the story that he grew up with anyway. My grandpa, who I never knew, came to Canada after the war, and I believe he met my grandma here in Canada. She was Polish, so that's how they raised my dad and his six sisters. But the truth is, no one actually knows what my grandpa's true background was. Are you ready for this? He was making his way from wherever to Canada, and apparently he didn't have any identification, so he was winging it, hope and a prayer type stuff. He kept making it past checkpoints and eventually got onto a train, I believe. He was sitting next to a man who wasn't doing very well, and they got to chatting, and that man told my grandpa, if he didn't make the trip, that grandpa should take his ID to get past the border. Can you believe that? It's insane. But it's what ended up happening. The man passed away, and Grandpa No Name took his ID and presented it at the Canadian border. The story goes he was asked several times to say his name, the one on the ID, obviously, but he didn't speak English, so he just stood there hoping for the best. 
With what I imagine to be a very long line of people trying to get into the country, the border officers decided to call him John and chop the last name on the ID in half, leaving him with the first five letters spelling Bazell. My grandpa, John Bazell, never told his true identity to anyone. There were rumors that he told one or two of his daughters, but that was either untrue or they were just incredible secret keepers because to this day, no one knows and there's no one left to ask. When dad turned 18, he decided he wanted to drop the unknown soldier's half name and create his own. He took the B-E-Z and turned the Z to an S and added worth because he felt it sounded Canadian and I guess know your worth maybe. I'm just making that part up, but it would be cool if that was part of his thought process. On June 23, 1949, Dad became a Besworth, which furthermore sealed our fate because we're the only ones in the world. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. There's Bosworth and Bestworth, but until Dad signed the papers to change his name that day, there were no Besworths. I wish I'd asked him about it. It's so silly that we don't fully know the history of why and what it felt like and how his family reacted. I don't know, we didn't really talk to our parents about their lives before us back then. Not in the way we do now, anyway. But I hope he knew that we all think it's pretty cool to be one of a kind by the dream of dad. I loved getting a new phone book and seeing our name as the only one listed. And further to that, when my friend and I lost the Mississippi boys in Prague back in the 90s, it's all in the backpacking episode, number 44, if you're interested, The way they were able to get in touch with us was by dialing the international operator and asking for the number of any Besworths in Meaford, Ontario. I'd told enough stories about my hometown by then that they remembered the name and that my mom still lived there. They thought they'd have to dial a bunch of numbers once they got through, but the operator told them there was only one listing. Dad for the win. My mom's name was Gerda Jimke Jonkend. Her first name is pronounced Gerda in the Netherlands. I'm definitely butchering that. And like most married couples, especially back in the day, she took my dad's last name and became Gerda Besworth. My dad's sisters were very outgoing, loud and boisterous to say the least, the most fun and outrageous and so different than my mom's side of the family. When they first met my mom, they decided that they couldn't really properly say her name, and I'm sure they were being cheeky and probably thought they were being funny, but they decided to start calling her Bonnie. As a kid, I honestly didn't think much of it. Sure, it seemed a little odd, I guess, but they'd all laugh, and to me, it looked like they were all in on the joke. Guess what? They weren't. (laughs) I didn't even consider how much it would have bothered and upset my mom. I remember going for family reunions and she was definitely on edge and I couldn't understand why. Ugh, what a dummy. They did stop eventually and everyone got softer and less raucous with age and I'm sure they figured out that it was also super insulting and I know they all really loved each other but my aunts were also super protective of their only brother. My mom got close with them in a different way after dad died, and I don't know if they ever talked about it. I should ask my sister. But yeah, don't change someone's name to suit you. That's just actually not okay. Doesn't matter how fun you are, although they were pretty fun. So here's a little science for you. Our feel-good hormones, dopamine and serotonin, are released into our brains when our ears hear our name said out loud. Isn't that wild? When I read that, my first thought was, gosh, we sure are a narcissistic bunch, aren't we? But it can't be helped. When we hear our name, it literally causes a chemical reaction inside our brain. 
It's a little burst of excitement and it makes us happy. And get this, it also sends signals like empathy, trust, and compassion to our unconscious brain. I have a friend who always says my name when he speaks to me, and I gotta tell ya, it brings up all the feels. That may sound weird to say, but when he does it, my knees get a little weak. And now it all makes sense, because when you say somebody's name, whether formally or just saying hey on the street, or like my friend in conversation, you're actually creating an energy force. Dale Carnegie, he's a human behavior specialist, says, Remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language, right? So I guess if you want to show love or that you care to friends or family or in an interview or a new someone you just met, try dropping their name in mid-conversation and feel the spark that happens from them to you. When I was first pregnant, we did what most people do and wrote up a long list of names that we loved. We wanted to be original and possibly gender fluid. I still stand by my addition of Dylan and Frankie, but our rule was no name could be added if the other person said no. So right off the bat, childhood bullies or unlike teachers or any name that had a negative connotation wouldn't even be put on the list. I remember my friend wanting to add Amber to her list of names and her husband said, so what, we're planning on having a stripper for a kid? (laughs) Apologies to any Ambers who are listening. It's actually a really lovely name. And clearly my friend's husband had some kind of history with a stripper named Amber. Anyway, as time went on and I became more pregnant, names would slowly get crossed off of our list. They stopped feeling right or someone else came along and named their baby first. We got it down to three names. Lola Tennessee, Mickey Francis, Dylan Lee. Tennessee because my ex-husband is a musician, and that is the birthplace of all good music. Mickey was the young woman who helped me when I was backpacking through London, England, and ran out of money. Francis was my grandma and is also my sister's second name, and Lee is my ex-mom-in-law's middle name. We decided to wait until we had babe in arms and see if there was any kind of divine sign that she should be one person or another. How crazy is it that we put names on people and somewhat seal the fate of who they are? Anyway, once she was handed to me, it's like she was practically wearing a name tag. That kid was, and still is to this day, 100% a Lola Tennessee. Now the funny thing about my second kid is we had her narrowed down to two names, Izzy Francis and Frankie Lee, and when I was holding her, I still couldn't decide. I asked my OBGYN, I asked the nurses, and eventually my husband made the final decision. She's very much an Izzy Francis, Izzy from Grey's Anatomy, by the way, but every now and then I look at her and think, geez, she also could have been a Frankie Lee. (laughs) Lola calls her Fran or Francine or sometimes Francesca, aren't siblings just the best, and it drives her crazy, but I also think she kind of likes it. I went to school with a Stormy Eve Weatherall, a Rusty Fawcett, and lots and lots of nicknames. There were a group of boys, and they all had nicknames for each other. I don't think they ever even used one another's real names. My brother-in-law went to law school, I believe, with a man named Andrew Peacock, but everyone called him Drew. I'll let you figure that one out. Celebrities rule the name-giving world, whether it's changing their own name to be more Hollywood, or it's naming their kids something unusual, they really monopolize that space. But I think about how quickly we adapt to things. There was actual outrage when Gwynny called her kid Apple, and now it's totally normal. Apple Martin, that's just who she is. Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry had Daisy Dove, which I think is pretty darn cute. Of course, Elon Musk and Grimes gave their child an unpronounceable name. Ugh. 
Busy Phillips called her oldest daughter Birdie, and it just totally works. Jamie Oliver has a kid named Poppy Honey Rose, and of course, there was the ultra-hippie Phoenix family. Beyonce and Jay-Z have Blue Ivy, Rumi, and Sir. The thing about some celebrities is they become known by their name. You know what I mean? We don't have to say the last name of Elvis, Dolly, Yoko, Cardi, Oprah, Britney, Justin, Barack, Meryl, Madonna, Betty, Thelma, Louise, and yeah, Beyonce, for someone to know who we're talking about. I was actually holding on to a celebrity name for a while. I wasn't ever sure that I'd get to put it to use, but it sat in the back of my head for a long time. I even got it engraved on a name tag long before there was a someone to name. But that's also a super fun part of having a pet, deciding who they are and what suits them and teaching them their name. Our sweet dog didn't have a hope of being called anything other than what she is. The pre-engraved name tag was put on her collar day one, and with that, she was anointed as Miss Presley. Elvis lives in the 11-pound body of a fluffy white Maltese. About 10 years ago, it was a really, really rainy weekend. I was living in Toronto, and I got a call from my friend Sarah. She was staying up for the weekend um, in cottage country, and when she was about to leave, she heard this tiny little sound from under the deck. And it was this faint little meowing sound. After about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour of trying to coax this little kitten from under the deck in the pouring rain with a bowl of tuna, she finally got her hands on the kitten and called me. So she was in the cottage with the kitten in her arms saying, if I bring this cat back to Toronto, will you take it? And of course, under five seconds, I said, yes, absolutely, of course. So she popped the kitten in a Corona box. I have photos of the little face sticking out of the handles of the Corona box. So, so tiny. And landed at our house a couple hours later. And so I was holding this little kitten, and it was so sweet. It was, like, white with gray and bright blue eyes. I really haven't seen a a cat so, so pretty. Obviously, I'm biased. But I spent the majority of the morning trying to figure out what do I call this kitten. And I found this name, Kai. And it means ocean. Loved it. Short sweet, symbolic of where I come from. I come from Cape Breton. I grew up on the ocean. I love the ocean. I love the water. I love meaning and symbolism and language and names and all that stuff. Fast forward about five years later, still have the kitten. We have a daughter who was about three at the time, and we were pregnant with our second, a boy. And so about seven, eight months in, we were trying to come up with a name. I had a really easy time naming my daughter. For some reason, it's girl names just sort of roll off my tongue. I was having a really hard time coming up with a name for my son. And then we went out to dinner at this beautiful spot overlooking the ocean. Gorgeous. We were chatting about names, chatting about him coming soon. Very, very excited, looking at the water. And I dropped my fork and I just said, I really can't think of any other name than Kai. And my husband was like, you mean our cat Kai? And I was like, I can't think of any other name that just means so much to me. And so the long and the short of it is five years in, our poor cat had to change his name. And now it's another five years since then. And really don't think our son knows that his name came from our cat. And so that is our sweet little story about how the cutest little kitten had to change his name to Lucy. My name is Shauna Thomas, and the spelling of my name is S-E-A-N-N-A, which always 
seems to trip people up. My whole life, my name has been pronounced incorrectly. And I have learned to simply correct people right at the beginning of our conversation because after a while, it gets a little bit awkward to correct people after they've been calling you the wrong name for a long time. I've been called Sina, Sana, Sienna, Sierra, but the most common name I'm called is Sienna. It always struck me as funny that people will look at Sean, spelled S-E-A-N, like Sean Connery, and no one ever thinks to pronounce that as seen or Cian, but you add on a couple of extra letters and it really messes people up and it's quite funny. I blame my parents. <laughs> Obviously, my parents gave me my name. They thought I was going to be a boy. And so when I was not a boy and I was a girl, they just added on an A to the end of my name, which made it very unique. And I have learned to absolutely love my name. And it really is a great conversation starter. But when I had my kids, and I have three kids, it was important to me that they have a name that was easy to pronounce because I didn't want them to have to correct teachers, daily coaches, just everybody in general. And so I named my kids Rain, Chase, and Skylar. Very easy to pronounce. One thing that my husband and I did not think about was things like songs. And my son Rain, unfortunately, growing up in school, had to listen to Rain, Rain, Go Away, Come Again, Another Day, a lot. I really felt for him because we chose that name for him. But I think our names have a way of shaping who we are. And we really do learn to love them. And they are a part of us. And I now absolutely love my name. My kids love their names. And I hope they continue to. I've always found the origin of one's name fascinating. So in 1980, on February 20th, I was born to my mother and father, Kim and Dennis. And they did not have a name picked out for me. And my father likes to tell the story that as soon as the nurse placed me in his arms for the first time, this name just appeared in his mind's eye. And he knew that from there on out, I would be known as Nathaniel. He likes to say that if you look up the name Nathaniel, the meaning behind it is gift from God. And this is interesting because he loves to tell the story, even though I'm not religious and he is definitely not. But Nathaniel, gift from God, is the name that was cast down upon him, as he likes to say, and gifted to me. So on that same day, February 20th, 1980, my grandfather came into the delivery room after I was born. My grandfather was probably the most positive and definitely the biggest male role model in my life. I loved him dearly, and he was taken far too early in my life, around 13 years old, and definitely too early in his life. My grandfather was one of those guys that just had all the information. He did the research. He read all the books long before Google. He just was the guy that you went to if you had a question, and he probably had the answer. So he's sitting there holding me, talking to my mom and dad, and he said, 
do you know what day your son was born on? My mom said, of course, February 20th. And he said, that's right, 220. Did you know that a furlong is a measurement used in horse racing that is 220 yards? This I find fascinating. I love to tell that story. I am a teacher. I teach uh, middle school and high school art. February break is always right before my birthday, and the students inevitably always learn that my birthday is coming up, and I love to tell that story. And I actually just recently told that story, and I had one student turn around and said, did your mom and dad plan that? (laughs) Nathaniel Furlong, or Gift from God, born on 220, also a furlong. My name is Julie Cole, and I am the co-founder of Mabel's Labels. I'm a parenting blogger and a mom of six. And of course, in my role at Mabel's Labels, I have seen lots of fun, exciting, and different names come across the uh, production facility. And there's been some great ones and some that are very inspiring as well. And I love that we're able to create a product for kids who have unusual names and can't just buy something off the shelf. I had so much fun naming my six kids, and I just thought I would quickly share how I got their names. So my oldest son is named McGinnis, and he was named after a Banjo Patterson poem called A Bush Christening, and the character in it was named McGinnis McGee. And the next child, her name is Posey, and Posey is named after character in a book called Ballet Shoes by Noel Streetfield, and in it, a professor, he's quite eccentric, adopts three little girls named Pauline, Petrova, and Posey. The next kid that came along was a girl named Spencer, and at first, after I named her, I felt a little bit of naming regret because it felt like a very heavy name on a little girl, but they eventually grew into it, and as it turns out, Spencer's actually non-binary, so the names worked out perfectly because they never felt like they wanted to change their name. They felt the name Spencer suited them, and it sure does. Next came along a daughter named Jessamy. She is named after a character from a Barbara Slay novel. And it was written in the 50s and it is a time slip narrative and the main character in it. And the book title is in fact Jessamy. Next we have Clancy, my son Clancy. He was named again after a Banjo Patterson poem. We have a lot of Australian influence in our family. So he is named after a character, Clancy of the Overflow. And finally, my last little guy is named Finian. And he is named after Finian's Rainbow. My family's Irish. And it just seemed fitting that we should have a little Finian in our family. And that is how all my kids got their names. And also, point of interest, they don't have my last name. I kept my last name. They have Daddio's last name. And I had a little bit of regret for not hyphenating. But as it turned out, with me being sort of in the public, it's quite nice for privacy that they don't have the same last names I have. But each one of them, all six of them, have Cole as a middle name. Hi, my name is Shanika Wright. I am a grade five teacher in Toronto, Canada, and I'm also a new author. I wrote my first children's book called My Unique Name last year, and it tells the story of a young girl named Shanika, wink, wink, who on the first day of school goes to a brand new school and the teacher is ready to start the day and goes through the list of names as usual. And then when she gets to Shanika's name, she cannot pronounce it at all. My name is spelt C-H-Y 
N-I-K-A, so definitely not spelled phonetically at all and can look really confusing when you first see it on paper. So the teacher struggled and then a question that I was asked so many times as a child, which is, do you have a nickname? I did not have a nickname and then the students decided to make a nickname for me. With that, the kids insisted on calling me Nika. You know, the day went on and then the teacher said, it's time for us to do our name tags, which is actually a very typical back to school activity that lots of teachers do on the first day or first week of school. Kids decorate or create their own name tag and then place it on their desk for the rest of the year. And so little Shanika is sitting there like, okay, well, do I use my real name or do I use my nickname? She gets made fun of for her name throughout the day and she's had enough. She goes home And then has the most beautiful dialogue with her mother. My mom has always been and will always be the light of my life. And she really and truly expressed that in the story. You can see by the dialogue that it was a really special conversation about embracing what makes you unique, being proud of everything about you that's different and just confirming that my name is not a burden. Also reminding me that if people can say Beethoven and Arnold Schwarzenegger, (laughs) they can say Shanika. And so I won't give away the entire story, but uh, Shanika does have a change of heart uh, throughout the story and does stand up for herself and was very, very brave. So it's an excellent book for conversation starters, just about your name. So many people over the course of the year have come up to me and said, oh, like I've been going by my nickname for my whole life. And why do I do that? Why am I pleasing other people because they don't know how to say my name? Like that's such a huge part of my identity. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to embrace it or kids who have come up to me and said, you know, I used to be embarrassed by my name, but I think it's really cool that no one else has my name or that my name is spelled differently. It's a really awesome conversation starter. You can lead it beyond names. You can talk about how your brain works in a unique way, how you might look unique. Maybe there's a special feature about you that's unique. I think it's an awesome, awesome, awesome book, (laughs) if I may say so myself. It is called My Unique Name, written by Shanika Wright. This is a tip, actually. Remembering people's names is a game changer, right? It's like that serotonin thing where someone gets a rush when we impress them by knowing who they are. Yet so many people say, I'm terrible with names. There's a great scene in Bridget Jones's diary where she's saying everyone's names over and over again and practices introducing people with thoughtful details. This is Jenny B. She's a mom to a tween and a teen. She has a storytelling podcast, and she was the voice of MTV Canada's Cribs. (laughs) Okay, nobody would say that, but knowing someone's name and using an introduction for them definitely helps get the conversation started. Tips to remember people's names are word association, looking someone in the eye when you first hear their name, using their name repeatedly in conversation, but not in a creepy way, and using mnemonic devices. I have a rule with my friends in new situations. If I don't introduce you in the first 60 seconds, save me and jump in and introduce yourself. And if all else fails and you really can't remember, just admit it. There's nothing worse, although pretty funny, than dancing around and making yourself crazy while trying to figure it out. Thank you to Nathaniel, Julie, Shauna, Dr. Mal, and Shanika for their stories. Julie is the creator and owner of Mabel's Labels, and her products have been a staple in our house since my littles were, well, really little. Shauna owns Hockey Snacks, which helps young athletes and families get properly fueled for sports, school, and life. Dr. Mal is a stress and hormone expert, and she has chickens that roam around inside her house sometimes. She's worth following just for that. 
And Shanika wrote the book, My Unique Name. You're definitely going to want to have it in your library. Speaking of books, Duana Taha wrote the book, The Name Therapist, How Growing Up With My Odd Name Taught Me Everything You Need to Know About Yours. And I'm happy to say that I was featured in it under the Jennifer section, because yeah, we're a whole section. So please check that out as well. If you have a story you'd like to share, please email me at thisisitactually at gmail.com. You can find me at thisisitactually on Instagram and at Jenny Besworth on Twitter. Feel free to send me videos of you singing 8675309. I will take them as long as I'm here. Thanks for your time today. Now go say something nice to someone. Oh, and don't forget to use their name. This is it, actually. Take a sip and grab a seat. Cause this is it.